from AATH, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. This is LaughBox, the podcast for laughter and humor professionals. Here's your host, Chip Lutz. Hello, friends, and welcome to LaughBox, the official podcast of the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. I'm your host. I am your host, Chip Lutz, and today we've got Julianne Sullivan on the show, which is pretty cool. I met Julianne at a conference, gosh, it must have been maybe five years ago, and we've been good friends ever since. I see her at a couple different conferences per year, always have a good conversation. She's a former CPA. I don't know, maybe she's still a current CPA. I don't know if you have to have licensure for that or not, but I know she used to be a CPA. Now she's a full-time speaker sharing her message of uh, humor and hope and gratitude throughout the world. So welcome, Julianne, to LaughBox. Oh, thank you so much. This is, uh, I'm excited just at the title. <laughs> it is a good title. I thought of it myself. I'm, I'm not going to lie on that. I'm going to take full credit for the title on this. As you should. It's a good one. This should, well, thanks very much. All right. That's the interview, end of the interview. Okay, that's all I really, great. that's all I really need is just somebody to stroke, <laughs> stroke my ego a little bit and I'm good. So for those of us, I know you pretty well, but I know people out there don't know, you know, might not know you and we have, always are looking for new listeners. I'm still so, learning about me. Uh, so <laughs> that's an awesome thing to say. I was just watching a show the other day where uh, somebody was going through a midlife crisis and they're like, I, I, I got to find myself. And he's like, well, when you find yourself, let, let me know because we all know you pretty well. And I just thought that was a, I just thought was a great line. So if you can tell everybody a little bit about, yeah, where you come from, how you got your start in the humor world. Okay. Well, um, as you said, uh, I was a former CPA, and yes, you have to do continuing education, so I no longer hold that designation, but um, I'm a recovering accountant. I actually started out in developmental psychology, and I grew up um, you know, in the 60s and 70s, and so I did all those life classes, Est and The Gift and Work with Epsilon and it really created a lifelong learner. So I tell people I deliberately learn about human behavior every day. And that means I make that choice to notice something about my own behavior or people's behavior around me. So I really have a plethora of human behavior information in this head of mine. <laughs> um, and then um, I went and lived in the mountains at 8,000 feet for seven years. I always say that was the best seven years of my life. I really liked that life. And then, as my mother used to say, I came off the mountain and <laughs> um, I went and got my MBA in accounting because I thought it was fun, believe it or not. <laughs> that is just freaking nuts. Well, that's what a lot of people say, in fact. The 30 years I was in uh, financial accounting um, and business, people would say, you're an accountant and just kind of give me that, you know, side head tilt like you see a puppy do when you whistle. Right. Um, and, but it was fun. It was like a big puzzle. And then one day it wasn't fun anymore and I didn't want to learn one more thing about accounting. And so when that happened, I know I couldn't continue to continue because as you know, Chip, even in the humor world, we have to keep learning. There's new research every day or new games to play or new ways to present. 
So we're always learning. And if you're going to stop learning, you got to get out of what you're doing. You're, you're like, you're, you're sitting there you're, and you're doing spreadsheets. You're like, if I see one more six, yeah. one more six, I'm going to go completely insane. Exactly. I'm going to go, yeah, crazy and jump up and down and rip down chairs and stuff like that. And I was working for a good friend of mine and I thought, well, I don't want to do that and disrupt the office. So I better quit. <laughs> so I did. And I didn't really know what the next Julianne was going to be. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd always kept this file, which I absolutely recommend all of your listeners do. Um, I had a fuzzy file. So every time anybody wrote me a nice note or a letter of recommendation or something like that, I put it in this file. Mm -hmm. So I was looking through this fuzzy file um, and I had always done presentations. I was a certified Toastmaster. Speaking never bothered me. You know, like they say, it's, you know, the biggest fear next to death. Um, and I never really felt that way. Anyway, so I was looking through this file. I go, that's what I want to be. I want to be a professional speaker, having not a clue what I was talking about. <laughs> Whoa. And now on a daily basis, I go, what was I thinking? No. Uh, so anyway, um, I kind of went on that path. And as uh -huh. I went on that path, I read an article in a newspaper, a local newspaper, about a woman who was doing laughter classes. And I thought, well, that sounds interesting. I bet I could use some of that in my corporate work. Right. So I called her, and she was in, and we talked. And she referred me to another laughter yoga leader here in Pittsburgh, and he was home. Mm -hmm. And he told me about the World Laughter Tour. And before we were off the phone, all in that same day from reading the article, by the 3 o'clock that afternoon, I had signed up to become a certified laughter leader. That's so funny. That's very similar to the way I, I became one as well, is that I was looking in USA Today. I saw an article what Scotty Scott was doing with uh, – deployed service member families. And I thought, well, that looks awesome. And within a yeah. day I had signed up to go down to Daytona beach and go through the class. So just, that's funny. Yeah. The so media, the media does work for people. That's right. That's right. And it will for us someday. <laughs> <laughs> Although it has worked for me in the past, but anyway, um, yeah, so I went and did that, and as you probably know, recently I just became a trainer of trainers. Um, so now I'm part of the faculty of the World Laughter Tour, so I'm all excited about that as oh, well. Oh, cool. And I, and I take what I learned doing uh, laughter workshops, and I've done them free at the library, and I've been paid thousands of dollars for doing them in corporate settings as well. Um, and um, so I've taken that and just kind of used it in my life. I, I think you probably have the, the same experience as I do. Every time I do a presentation, there is something in that presentation where at one point I go, are you listening? Because you could really use that. <laughs> <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? And I just pretend, I just assume everybody's listening because I'm so engaging. Yeah, no, I mean, I want to listen oh, you to my listen. own stuff. Something I say is like relevant to my life, right? Like if I'm talking right. about goal setting or something like that, it's like, yeah, what goal haven't you moved forward on? You know, that kind of thing. Right. 
<laughs> well, they they say you speak on what you need to work on the most. I know. I, uh, so they're really irritating things. sometimes. It, it is. There are a lot of things <laughs> that I'll say, and I'll be like, "Well, Lutz, you should really work on that." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I, I always re I always refer done. to myself in the third person because it makes myself yeah. it makes me sound a lot cooler. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, <laughs> I was talking the other day to someone, and I was saying I was talking about a time when um, I got really depressed and I was really scared and um, this little voice right third person my own voice but this little voice inside me came out and said how long are you gonna do this mm -hmm. and and so that third person makes me laugh right because it's like where is that coming from <laughs> you know talking to me saying how long are you gonna do this or so I was really upset and I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I could do this. You know, I, I had a big life change and I was feeling very insecure. And this little voice said, well, how long are you going to do this? Like, are we going to cry for five minutes? Are we going to bed for three days? Like, just let me know so I can plan accordingly. And that right. made me laugh. Uh -huh. so. well, I think you bring up a good thing and we'll kind of segue here a little bit as far as the, the slumps people go through, you know, we all go through different slumps and I think we need to have some strategies to get through those. Do you have any specific things you do to help you help yourself be a little more resilient to bounce back a little bit faster? Yeah, I say it's all in the pre-work. And when I work with companies on workplace culture, it's the same thing. You, you got to work on things before they happen, right? Mm -hmm. It's never good to, when you're in the fire, it's really hard if you don't have any tools in your life skills belt, as I call it. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's the pre-work. It's the uh, making sure I watch something that I laugh at before I go to bed. It's the hundred items around my house that make me smile, that remind me of the person I want to be. It's the ability to find funny and ridiculous things or just life things that happen. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't make light of, you know, someone getting killed or anything. I don't want somebody out there to go, God, she's weird. Um, but I think just having those skills beforehand help you get through it. So like I was talking about sitting on the couch and sobbing and being terrified um, having those skills for that little voice to come out and go, well, how long are you going to do this? Right. Kind of brings me back into reality. Like you're making this so you can choose to get out of this, mm -hmm. take the time you need, but get out of it. Or the other day I was telling somebody, you know, one of the things about the laughter workshops is, uh, by Steve Wilson and he has this good hearted living, um, of six tools or skills to have in your life to, to bring more joy and success. And Wednesdays is for gratitude. Mm -hmm. And I was telling somebody just yesterday, in a moment, in one moment in time, I can be so scared and so grateful. But it keeps me from falling in that hole. Mm -hmm. Right? And, and we all get scared. And we all get uh, frightened of the future. And we all feel sad when things that this happens to everybody. Nobody goes through life scot-free of injury or pain or, or 
things that pop up in our life physically, emotionally, spiritually that knock us on our butt, right? right? We, we think people do because, you know, we don't see what's beneath the surface with everybody. We're like, oh, man, their life's so great. They've got yeah. this. They've got that. Oh, everything I'm doing sucks so bad. Yeah. But. <laughs> It, we everybody deals with stuff and if you're not everybody dealing with it has crap yeah and if you're not dealing with it chances are you're already dead yeah exactly <laughs> i mean everybody and it's interesting to me because i'm a real relationship kind of person so as i learn about these people that i look at and go oh they have life so together you know i find out they have a, a kid who's on drugs or uh, a special needs child, or they were recently divorced, or they lost their house in a fire, or you know what I'm saying. So everybody has their stuff, whether it was earlier that still affects them, or now, or whatever. Every, we all do. Mm -hmm. We all do. So how do we deal with that? Like you said, the resiliency is everything to me. Um, and so that's what I do. It's pre-work. And I read things that are positive and, you know, I make sure I don't um, take a lot of crap into my life. And that might be people or listening to the news 24 hours a day. I haven't watched news on TV for probably six years. Really? Interesting. Unimportant to me because I read the skim in the morning which is two women who write this hysterical rundown of the most important things. That's, a plug, that's a plug for the skim. skim S-K-I-M-M. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> we'll make sure uh, we send this to them so we get, we get our credit for it. Yeah, absolutely. And so, because it's a great way. And then I get a magazine. Here's another plug. The Week magazine, which is all of uh, the news from the prior week. And... And when I'm in my car, sometimes I listen to NPR. Um, but most of news since it went 24-7 is people's opinions about something that might happen. Right. And I'm uninterested in that. I'm, I'm interested in what's going on right now. What do I have to deal with? I'm a big social activist, but... I want to deal with what bill is going to Congress right now that I need to do something about, not what they might do six months from now. Interesting. Yeah, I watch the news intermittently throughout the week, not every day, but I will always try to catch the weather at least so I know if there's going to be a flood. Yeah, and they're always wrong about that, by the way, Chip. Sometimes. The guy <laughs> I watch is pretty good. So he's, he's not too bad. But I think that the one thing you brought up there that I really like is, you know, doing the pre-work. I think that's a good tip for people to, if you're thinking about resiliency, is that we're all going to deal with trials and tribulations and that when we're in the mix, it's a little more difficult to get through it. But if we do the pre-work, I think, all right, you know, proper, uh, proper prior planning prevents piss poor performance is what we used to say in the Navy. Right. So, you know, doing the pre-work on that, you know, is going to help us you know, pull through a little bit quicker. That's Here, smart. That's smart. Here's a really easy tip for people when they're feeling low for whatever reason. Like if you're sitting on the couch in your living room, for, get up and go in the kitchen. It is amazing if you just change your space, what that does for your outcome. Simple tool. I just had a friend of mine 
who lost her spouse a couple of years ago. It's been a little over a year, and she just texted me the other day. I never really talked to her anymore, but she took the time to text me, which I mm -hmm. take as a gift, and say, I was crying on the couch today, and I thought about what you said. I got up and went in the kitchen, and it helped. Well, that's because all the sweet stuff's in the kitchen. <laughs> I know that always that uh, that always. They're makes, really going after chocolate, is what. <laughs> that, saying, that always right? makes me feel better. <laughs> I'm going to go in the kitchen. I'm going to get myself a cinnamon roll. Well, that's not exactly what I meant, but okay, <laughs> if that works for you. It doesn't work for me because I grew up with fat kids, so sugar is my go-to. Yeah. And also in the kitchen in the evenings. That's the vodka is already also in the kitchen as well. <laughs> So those okay, you should go to the den or your bedroom, the backyard. <laughs> so Julianne, unless you have vodka and chocolate in all those rooms as well, I've got I've got stash I've got stashes I've got stashes. It's Little like squirrel <laughs> makes me think about all the TV shows when I was growing up, when they were like cleaning out an alcoholic's house and they would find like bottles up in the uh, up in the you know everywhere. Store everywhere oh here's one in the light fixture and they pull, they pull I know, it out. it's amazing it's not that bad in my house oh good it's, uh, okay just, i feel I just, better i was gonna just, come over just just in the kitchen <laughs> so now you actually wrote a book on gratitude so you know what's what spurred that obviously you know you're, you it's one of your life skills one of the things you probably do the pre-work on but you know what spurred you to write that book and what are some of the tips in there that you, you think everybody should practice okay well, um, I wrote the book because I was doing laughter classes, right? So I, I kept saying, teaching gratitude, like the thousands of people. And I just went through a really dark, bummer time of my life for about two years. I always say I wasn't of right mind. It was, it was awful. And I don't even need to go on this, into the story, but it was mm -hmm. awful. Um, and one of those times I was teaching gratitude, that's, you know, the little voice came out and said, you know, you could probably use a little more of this in your life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there's an idea now that I've told, you know, several thousand people. So I kept a gratitude journal. Um, I kept basically a little book by my bed. And I actually had, see, this is where self-awareness comes in. I had two pens. Because if one pen didn't work, I'm too lazy to get out of bed and go get another one to keep my gratitude journal. Well, there's, probably one, there's probably one in the kitchen. Yeah, with, <laughs> with the chocolate. Exactly. God, you've been here. Anyway, so I kept this journal for months and months and months and months and months until it became normal for me. So it became like breathing. Mm -hmm. And then I started this ritual where every morning, and I still do this today, every morning when I first come into consciousness, inside me, I'm going, yes, I have another day. That is fabulous. Because I realize a lot of people didn't wake up today that thought they were going to wake up. So that's the first thing I do. Then I go through this list that I've built in my head. I'm in a bed, I have sheets, I have a blanket, my puppy's with me, it's beautiful out, I have the window open, I have a fan going, I have electricity, I have food in my refrigerator, I have a car, there's gas in it, it works. I have plumbing, indoor plumbing, right? Mm -hmm. I have water I can drink. 
Um, I have a shower. And so I kind of just go through this list of all these things that I don't think people are ungrateful. I think they don't take the time to think about them. Well, I think it's important that on your list is indoor plumbing. Yes. Simply because anybody that's, anybody that's had to use an outhouse will yeah. realize that indoor plumbing is quite a blessing. Absolutely. So, <laughs> and actually it's an exercise to think about things that you don't normally think about. So that all takes about 30 seconds. But I do that before my feet hit the floor. That mm -hmm. makes the rest of the day different. So even right now, I'm sitting here and talking to you, and I saw this beautiful bird in a tree I'm looking at, and it was had its feathers out, and it was red, and it was yellow, and it was really beautiful. And I was thinking to myself, wow, that's great. I took the time to notice that and appreciate it. And when you do that over and over again, there's more things you appreciate. So when I go for a walk, I'm happy I have feet. Right. And it, but it's automatic. So mm -hmm. I have all this gratitude going on all the time. And what we were talking about before the, the insight that everybody's got crap. Mm -hmm. So my crap isn't unusual or life. Mine doesn't happen to be life threatening. Right. Right. Um, and so I'm grateful for that. So that's where I was saying I'm fearful, but I'm grateful, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so building that gratitude makes life a whole lot easier because even when you're scared, even when you're unsure, even when you're, uh, you know, whatever, sad, you're still grateful. And that is like a counterbalance is the best way to explain it. Well, it's a, I find that even for myself, that sometimes finding those things to be thankful for, it can be, especially if I'm in a bad place, that can be pretty elusive for me. Mm -hmm. That uh, if I haven't done the pre-work, like you suggested before, yeah. it can, it, if I'm- It's daunting. If I'm really, if it's, I'm really in a dark place, it can be very, you know, finding those things are, it's very elusive and I really have to work much, much harder mm -hmm. in order to find those things. But you start with the simple things, like you said, that's an easier way to, to build. It's like, yeah, well, I have indoor plumbing. Thank praise right. the Lord. You have a beautiful wife. I do actually. I have a you have wonderful I have a, children. I have a smoking And you have great wife. relationships yeah. with them. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, these are things that you and I know people that do not have that in their life. Right. They don't have that joy. So that's, you know, something else to remember. But yeah, pre-work is, is really important. Like I say, now gratitude to me is like breathing. Mm -hmm. So I just, it's there all the time. Sometimes it's annoying, you know, like just let me sulk please. You know? <laughs> well, what you feel is what you feel. I mean, feelings right. aren't right or wrong. I mean, sometimes you, you, you need, you need that. Yep. Sometimes you need that time just to, for me, it usually doesn't last that long because I'm a little more resilient than other people, but you know, I need to be in that place for just a little bit and yep. you know, it, then I can, then I can move past it and figure out what I need to do or what, and I do a lot of pre-work on <laughs> the skills I need to bounce back a little bit faster than most. Right. Right. Just part, well, and I'm lucky, I guess, because it's really more part of my personality, which and I it's know what you teach, right? You teach yeah. a lot about resiliency. So sure. what I what I did in the book, a little bit of gratitude goes a long way. Is I have 
30 different reasons to be grateful and then an exercise for the reader, which of course, if they do it six months apart, they get different answers. But I tried to bring forth things that people don't normally think about mm. being grateful for to kind of broaden their horizon of what there is to be thankful for. Because like I said, it's not like I think people are ungrateful. I think they just don't think. Right. So, so what are some of those uh, simple exercises? For I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> well, hooray. I, you're inside my head. I'm thankful for that. <laughs> <laughs> you may change your mind about that later. No. <laughs> You don't want to live in here. I'm going to tell you what, inside Trust here, me, right? It's, it's, right? it's a crazy thing. I tell Gwen, my wife, that all the time. I was like, it's not easy living in here. Yeah. I, mean, I, get a, I, get a, I get a whole circus going on. <laughs> whole circus. So um, one of the things I do in my workshops is I always open the book to a page and see what it says. So I'm going to do that now. So what I came up with, well, this one is, I am thankful for finally getting a project done that has been lingering on for what seems like forever, mm -hmm. right? Like I like to do happy dances when I do stuff like that. And uh, here's another one. I'm thankful for people who allow me to share my love with them, right? We don't get to do that with everyone. No, because so, if you do, you could get slapped. You might, or, <laughs> or people don't, some people just don't get it, you know? Right. I mean, they, they don't want to deal with you on that level, so you I got I to gotta hold myself back because I'm a real lover, nurturer kind of person. Mm -hmm. Here's another one. I'm thankful for the ability to vote. Like how many times do we really think about, you know, how great that is? And, and how many times are we thankful for our health when we're healthy? Yeah, you're more thankful for it when you're unhealthy. It's like, oh, man, if I go. If but I how eat. about if we were thankful for it every day, right? That's right. what I'm saying. It's those types of things, you know, and so that that's what the book does. It kind of brings you back to, wow, I do have 4,000 things to be thankful for. Or if you serve your community in some way, mm -hmm. uh, that's something to be grateful for, um, that you have that ability. A lot of people want to do that, but, but they can't. Um, I had a guy, I wrote a thing about a guy down the street. Um, who was a curmudgeon, and it was so great. I was so grateful to have the patience to say hi to him every day until finally he said hello back. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. That had, to be, that, that had to be a Yahtzee moment where every day you're nice to this person and they just pretty much ignore you until one day they're like, say hi back. You're like, Yahtzee! Finally, oh, yeah. it exactly, exactly. I'm sure I did another happy dance. I'm into happy dances. Happy dances. All right. Um, I don't know if I know what that is. Um, really? You yeah. just kind of go crazy and go, yay, put your hands up in the air. And I don't know. Everybody has a different happy dance. It's just a, it's just a release of happiness. Is there, is there music involved? In my head. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a musical going on in my head. Yeah, yeah always. So, you know. <laughs> Some days it's West Side Story, other times yeah. it's South, Ooh, good sometimes one. it's sometimes it's South Pacific. You know, whatever. Sometimes I always, it's King Crimson. I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, King Crimson? Oh, that's a group. Oh. oh Before that, your time. That, that was that Emerson Lincoln Palmer, yes. 
King Crimson, those kind of far out groups for a while. Awesome. I'm going to have to check those out on, check them out on YouTube. Oh, I'm, thank, yeah. I, I'm thankful for YouTube because it keeps me current and I can find out anything that I want to know via YouTube. Even some things that I didn't want to know, I find yeah. out on YouTube. Yeah, that too. Well, I use YouTube when I'm having a problem with something that I'm doing on my computer and then I find a 12 year old to <laughs> show me how to do it. <laughs> It's funny for people our age, I'm going to digress here just for a minute, that it's not my first go-to. My first go-to is usually think, oh, I got to get a book on this. I need to go to the library. But like with my son, who is 19 now, but here a couple years ago, you know, I was like, we need to figure out how to do this. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to pull up YouTube. And it was right there. You know, it was right there yeah. on YouTube on how to do it. I was like, it's not my first go-to in my head on, oh, I need to check YouTube. But for him, it was his, it was his absolute first go-to. I'm going to check YouTube. I'm going to Google that. And I think well, I I'm, gonna, I'm gonna a, go to the library. Yeah, I have a geek for a son, so now I always go to YouTube. Nice, very nice. What are some other? Um, how do you put that into practice? You know, you have those things. You know that you can ask yourself. You know, what's the best way to put it into practice so it does become like a real habit for people? This, you know, having a, a habits of attitude habit of gratitude i just made up a new word attitude attitude i like that habitude <laughs> habitude of gratitude that's yeah. good that's good that should be the title for the show yeah. habitude of gratitude i like that um I, I you know the only way to have anything come into your life and stay there is to make the deliberate choice every day to do that until it becomes a part of your life it's no different than you know trying to lose weight or exercise more or forcing yourself to not watch tv as much mm -hmm. anything anything you do uh takes repetition and reinforcement so the repetition you can do and then the reinforcement you have to put things in your life you know on my on my office wall i have a four foot by four foot smiley face and it's pretty hard to get away from. <laughs> it's pretty large. It's pretty large. I had four of them at one time, but um, yeah. So I think you just have to make, you have to know it's your choice. You have to take responsibility and decide whether you really want that in your life. And if you don't do the work mm -hmm. and you don't really want it in your life and maybe you need to look at that. That's a good point that I always say, if you want something, that means you're taking steps to get there. If you're not taking steps to get there, that means that you really don't want it. It really is not that important to you. So, I mean, that's a good point you just brought out on there that if you know you don't have it, chances are you're really not making the conscious effort, the choice to, to go and get it. So that's, that's good stuff. Now, how, since I know that you belong to the, you know, you practice laughter in your life, you're belong to the humor association. How does that factor into the whole picture? You know, does it help, you have a little more gratitude in your life or is it this a how, how do you see that working well I, I on the humor side first of all it really helps in my work with workplace culture because you know one of the main ingredients that's missing in many workplace cultures is fun right right and and that it's okay to have fun and that there's really an ROI on fun <laughs> And so uh, w working with companies and talking to them about their cultures on my, on my own podcast, Businesses That Care, one of the things I find out is 
these cultures are successful because they have a bit of fun in their life, mm -hmm. in their workplace. So the same holds true for people. You got to make sure you have fun, whatever that is. Watching a YouTube video, going to comedy, laughing with friends, yeah, uh, whatever your fun is, going bike riding, I don't know, every, going hiking, playing with your dog, playing with your kids, whatever fun is, right, you really need to deliberately choose that. Um, you know, a lot of people work all day and they have children. So when you come home, you got to make time to have fun with your kids if you want to have this great relationship. It can't be, okay, I'm home, let's have dinner, let's do your homework, good night. Like that can't be the only part. If you want to have a really strong relationship in families, you got to have fun. And in the workplace, you got to have fun. And for your own well-being, you got to have fun. Right. So you got to make sure that's happening. It's funny you say with your kids, you got to, you know, make sure you almost schedule fun. I remember when my kids yeah. were older, when my kids were older. I would have, it was schedule like mandatory fun and they'd be like, this isn't fun. I'm like, mandatory fun, <laughs> mandatory, <laughs> mandatory fun, not always fun, but we're doing it anyway. Suck yeah. it up, buttercup. Yeah. Yeah, those are those things that later on in life, it's like, oh, I remember we did that. And now in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, all you did was bitch about it the whole time. But yeah, it was a great time, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I think fun is really important. And I think, well, I know that, you know, you and I are both presenters. So if we don't have humor and, and what we present, you know, everyone's sleeping by the end of the time we're done. So I'm always using humor in all my presentations or training and, you know, just to get people to see that side of what they're doing as being fun. Right. It's just really important. And finding the funny, like sometimes things are funny. Like when I'm late and a slow truck is in front of me, right? I have, I stop and I say to myself, well, who made you late? Oh yeah, I did. Right. And that makes me laugh. And then I just go, oh, yeah, the universe is just reminding me that when you're late, you got to go slower. You know, it's just I take it as a joke instead of an annoyance. But that's my choosing. I, I agree with that making a choice that you can find humor in, in most most things and fun and humor. They're both very subjective. I mean, the chances are in a workplace a lot of people aren't going to define fun the same way. Like when you right. were a CPA and you said that you really enjoyed it. I mean, a lot of times that was probably just fun. You know, that it was the, the toying with numbers and playing with them and having yeah, you know, fun puzzle. with that until yeah. the, until the fun was gone and you got a different vocation. Right. It's, it's same with everybody. It's everybody defines it a little bit different. And I think that you bring up something really good that, you know, in a working environment, it's important for whoever's in charge to have that conversation with your team as far as, you know, what are the things that are fun to you guys rather than just assuming that, yeah. you know, they're going to enjoy what you enjoy. Like, Hey, listen, we're, we're going to go bowling tonight and half the people hate bowling or whatever. <laughs> it, right. It, we, we, a lot of times we make that assumption that people like what we like and they just don't. Now when it's your kids, they just have to suck it up because they're That's not in charge. Right. But in the for the short world. period that we are in charge at some point, the analogy I use is at some point we're just the bumper guards on the bowling alley of life with our kids. Right. Once they realize you don't have any real power, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, definitely. 
Definitely. You just got to go with the flow and have them web in, you know, ebb in and out of your life as they go through their things. And um, I just, I work on staying insecure that my son loves me, but you know, he's at an age where he's working as a girlfriend. He's living with her and his best friend and his other buddies live nearby and he doesn't have much time for mom. And, yes. you know, when I was 23, I didn't have any time for my mom. I was living in the mountains, and she was lucky to see me every five months. So, yeah. <laughs> And you're singing in your head, Cats in the Cradle. Yeah. Cats in the Cradle. And <laughs> Quite possibly the most depressing song ever, ever written. I used to say that to my son all the time when he was growing up. I'd say, hey, let's go do this. Let's go do that. Because he was my youngest, and I had a little more time on my hands. And I'd say, let's go. I'm doing this with my friends. I'm doing this. I'm like, I would say, cat's in the cradle, buddy. Cat's in the cradle. So finally, one day he says, what does that even mean? Yeah. Really. I mean, I made him, I played the song for him. He's like, oh, that song's really depressing. I know. It's funny, isn't it? That's like, um, I made Sean sit down and watch 2001, A Space Odyssey once, which yeah. I thought was like the greatest movie of all times. And he just looked at me and said, that was weird. Right. That's you know, funny. That, that was the only thing he had to say. Or I had him watch, you know, what I thought was a scary movie. And I said, wasn't that scary? No. Because he was watching Saw 3, you know. Right. So. I did the same thing with my kids. I made him watch the uh, uh, Children of the Corn. <laughs> and I mean, which scared the absolute crap out of me when I was growing up. And they're like, that was so cheesy. I was like, right, 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 no, right. that's some scary stuff right there. <laughs> and they're like, no, it's not. No, it's not. See, so, so that's funny. Yes, it is. And, you know, funny. the things that we try to pr impress on our kids, you know, sometimes you got to think that's funny. Find it the is. funny. Well, and there are some things that I think that uh, for common bonds I did with my kids that I thought were good from a humor standpoint, like all the movies that I thought were classics that I thought point of reference wise they needed to watch, like The Jerk, Blazing Saddles, um, The Man with Two Brains, you know, things that you know, were to me great movies that they needed to watch Animal House. They, I, you so, are a sick man. I just thought that they needed to watch those. That way, we'd have those things in common, so they would get where I was coming from. And <laughs> did it work? I'm sure that they're going to be sending me thank you notes later in life. Either that, or you'll be paying for. I always say, "Oh, there's a therapy session number four hundred and sixty." That's right. That's yeah. funny. Well, you've really given me some great things to think about. And I think for our listeners as well, in that, you know, one, you know, the practice gratitude and, and start with the small things, you know, and the key thing for me that you brought up was doing some of the pre-work and the pre-work on resiliency that we can't wait till we're in the depth of, you know, in the, in the bowels of hell to right. you know, pull ourselves out. <laughs> we really need to do some of the pre-work, think ahead as far as, you know, what are the things going to help me? If I get to that place, what are the things that are going to help me pull me out? Whether, like you said, it's things around the house that make me smile, you know, the, that movie that always makes me laugh. Like for me, anything with Will Ferrell, except for his last movie that he just made. I know, I worry Miller. about that. This, this last movie with Amy Poehler, I was like, whew, I left like three IQ points um, <laughs> dumber, and I, I wanted my money back. Actually, I walked out and I said, I, I want that 90 minutes of my life back. I just was so bad. <laughs> but most of the time, his movies always make me laugh. But, you know, doing that pre-work for pe you know, yourself ahead of time is going to help you in the long run. That's great advice for people. And I, I really want people to understand that it's – you know, simple solutions give you big rewards. So 
you know, instead of thinking in terms of, oh, I've got to have gratitude in my life every day for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. How about having a little bit of gratitude tomorrow morning? That, that's where the pre-work works really well. It's mm-hmm. how we decide we're going to make that difference. And for many of us, we're always looking, you know, five years down the road or next Tuesday or anything. Just, just do something tomorrow morning. I, one of the um, sessions I just went to at a convention I went to, the guy, somebody asked him, how many days a week do you do YouTube videos? And he says, I suggest you do a YouTube video every day. And then he said, and sometimes I do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That is so, funny. You know, it's like get real, right? Like if you're a perfectionist, this is all going to be really difficult for you. So, the, well, let's get back to one day at a time. Think of two things tomorrow morning and the right. next day. You know, just start off slow. Don't make good things in your life so difficult because again i'm an accountability freak that's what we do so so change that and if all else fails just thank god for indoor plumbing thank god for indoor plumbing (laughs) absolutely absolutely that makes me very happy me too several times a day (laughs) (laughs) so after today people want to find you where do they go well, uh, they can always call me at 724-942-0486, or they can go to my website, juliannesullivan.com, and that's J-U-L-I-E-A-N-N-S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N, and there's a contact form there as well. I'm always happy to uh, help anybody out in any way that I can. And so they can find your book on there as well? Uh, it's there, or they can go to Amazon and look for a little bit of gratitude goes a long way. Um, there's a paperback edition on Amazon. On my website is a uh, deluxe edition, which comes in a spiral bound and better paper, which Amazon doesn't do. So some people like to lay it open flat since it has a place for exercises. I like that. And you can uh, get it on Kindle, too. Uh, see, I, I'm not a Kindle fan. I'm not an electronic, but I like paper books. I like paper. I like but to hold on to stuff. I, see, I'm, I'm just an old school guy like that. I like Post-its. This, I, I still keep a paper calendar. That's just me. I'm thankful for paper. <laughs> so, well, I appreciate you spending some time with me today. And I know some the people listening are going to get some you know, value from the things that we shared today. Um, again, thanks so much for everybody listening. I'm going to tell you, yeah, check out Julianne's website. Get the book. Read it. Give her a call, shoot her an email. She is freaking awesome. So thanks, Julianne, for spending some time with me today. Thank you, Chip. It was my pleasure. Pleasure? No, it was mine. No, it was mine. No, it was mine. Let's argue now at the end. (laughs) All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. This is LaughBox, the podcast for laughter and humor professionals. LaughBox is made possible by a grant from the National Speakers Foundation and is brought to you by AATH, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Find out more at aath.org. Be sure to review LaughBox on iTunes. For show notes and more information about today's conversation, visit laughbox.aath.org.